0: Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Gents Talk series. We got with us Tashawn Carter. Carter. <laughs> my guy. Now, you, I, I wrote down your bio here, so forgive me. I, I try to remember these things, but then as soon as I get into the studio... This is why I can never be an actor, because I'll forget my lines. Mm. I can remember them up to the point where I get in, and then I gotta forget them. But you were the winner of Big Brother Season 9, and you are a youth program director. But more importantly... But more recently, you're in the process of putting together a panel on mental health featuring, you know, the esteemed Julie Black, who it seems to be a champion of mental health in in a lot of ways. So shout out to to, to Miss Julie Black for that. But to Sean, welcome. Thanks for for joining us, and uh, we're really excited to have this conversation because you're doing a lot of great stuff for mental health and men in particular. And you don't shy away from that conversation, do you? Not at all. No.
1: I mean, it's a conversation that my voice and um i believe you have to use your voice to to speak on what you believe in mm. and that's what i do
0: how did you get to that like because it doesn't always come naturally right or is this something that you've always grown up thinking like i need to advocate for something like this
1: no it's not something i've always thought about directly i mean there's a couple of things that led to it well first i read a book on it was called For the Love of Men. It was by Liz Blank. And it talked about toxic masculinity. And I think that was my first time ever being exposed to that topic. Mm. And just talked about how men struggle so much emotionally, but we're we're conditioned and raised not to express ourselves. And after reading that book, it just sat in the back of my mind. Now, fast forward to Big Brother. Uh, we, we can get into it a little bit. I won Big Brother Canada. Came off that show. Supposed to be a high point in my life. Just had won $100,000. You know, everybody's recognizing me on the streets. It's like what everybody on the outside would look as like a climax, a pinnacle, something that is, this is like a very successful moment for me. But in that moment, I felt so empty. Mm. Like it just didn't feel what I thought it would feel like and what everybody expected it to feel like for me. I felt pressure. I felt alone. I felt just hollow. And I said to myself, if I'm feeling like this at this moment, at what is supposed to be the highest point in my life, what are others going through who are at low points or not even at high points in their life? What are they they dealing with? And when I started to ask myself that question. I started to think that pleasure or that happiness has to come from something external. I, sorry, it has to come from something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he s- meant to say internal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that,
1: <laughs> that happiness, your happiness has to come internally. It's not something. It's not that next house. It's not that next job. Yeah. It's not that peak that's going to make you happy. It's going to be from inside.
0: And I think that's an incredible awareness because a lot of people still struggle to think that if I go in shop or if I buy that new Versace shirt, or if I get that new house or that bigger house, or if I get that promotion that all of a sudden it's going to validate all my feelings and make me feel better. But oftentimes you still feel empty. So when you sort of realized that at that climax of everything up to your life, at that point, you hit this big climax, you get the money, you get the recognition and you still feel this way. What did you do next?
1: Spoke about it started talking about it uh, through social media. So at the same time, I simultaneously started it in content creation. I signed with an agency and I said, "Okay, I'm going to be a creator. But as a creator, I realized, yes, you can just make content that's, you know, funny. You can make content that's lifestyle. I could just be another guy with my shirt off flexing all the time or I could be somebody who stands for something. And in my experience being on television, I stood for something on television. And without even knowing it, I was just being myself. But talking about things like systemic discrimination, toxic masculinity, and mental health, I said, you know what? I wanna continue to have this conversation. So every day, I'm going to develop content called the Mental Health Monday, or in some way, whether it's funny, whether it's deep, whether in any way I can talk about it, we're gonna talk about mental health on this day, every week. And ever since then, I've done one every Monday.
0: And what's the reception been like?
1: I mean the reception has been Shocking to me people You know people reach out to me all the time even today personally to tell me Your posts about mental health have helped me get through tough times Or I like how you're advancing the conversation or I never thought about things like that Like one of my friend's mom's told me how she deals with her son differently now Because of the conversations that I'm having because of the things I'm opening up about so I'm seeing that You know, there's so much power in the conversations that that we're having now on, on my platform.
0: And do you find people in your circle are more receptive to those conversations? Like they see you as the guy that talks about mental health but do they engage in those conversations with you?
1: What's actually really funny is yes, my hard friends actually participate <laughs> in the conversation too and you'd be fu- you'd be surprised at how they do it like they find their creative ways of being like well how's your mental health or like as a joke mm-hmm. but then i'll answer them seriously and then we'll engage in a conversation which kind of shows that vulnerability breeds vulnerability and from having these vulnerable conversations i can see that you know people all around me even in my close circle are talking about it now where we never would have before everybody was so hard and fighting all the time or carrying this i don't care i don't care i'm good i'm always good but now it's not it's not like that at all we talk about things and we're a little bit more open and it's it's changed the composition of all of our friendships
0: for the better
2: for the better how do you deal with um so you, you have no friends that like weren't just still because i have a couple of friends too then it's just some of them are still very i'm not talking about it and it's like you you can only talk when both people are on the same page to talk right or open the door and it's try to open up and budge and they give you nothing so it's pushback so we have how would how would i deal with my friend who is very closed off very very closed off and not open to opening up
1: i mean it's not all of us that are always ready all at the same time and we can't expect that right and i i think in in dealing with someone who's closed off is I think you got to set the example like you got to open up to them before they can open up to you and I think for me it's really about you know talking about the things that I want I want to be vulnerable about the things that I'm struggling with or things I maybe want their advice on and in doing that I find over time they seem to open up and come around to it because they start to not feel so alone in the things that they're closed off to because a lot of times when we're closed off it's because we feel like we're the only one understands us the only one going through it no one gets me but the more you open up to someone the more likely they are to open up to you
0: so you're saying start with vulnerability
1: yes 100 percent. when you put that on the table it, it 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 adds another dimension to the relationship to the friendship
0: and what do you tell guys who look at that or th- you know they approach this sort of vulnerability and they say you know i can be vulnerable but if i did it i'm still gonna look looked at as weak or less of a man which in and of itself i find is is a form of toxic masculinity to think that way but for the guys that are still resistant to it who want to make a change because they know they need it but they don't have the they don't have that right first step what could they do if they don't have someone around them to push them
1: they don't have someone around them to push them yeah. to be vulnerable yeah what could someone do i think well speak to a professional I mean, counseling is another option that a lot of us act like it's ruled out. Like you have to be crazy to go to counseling. If you don't feel comfortable making that step to the outside world and being vulnerable with someone who you don't know, try it with someone who's actually, they do this. Have a conversation with someone who's a professional. Interview a couple counselors and see how you could have a conversation about, you know, the things that you're going through, the things you may not feel comfortable opening up to others about. How could you do that? Because they'll give you the tools and the techniques that may be right for you. Because not all of us are the same.
2: So then, how, like, what is the best route to getting, like, uh, someone to talk to? Because you look at it and be like, it's so expensive, or I don't have the time, or just, you know, what is a good way to break that barrier if it's too expensive for somebody? If it's too expensive. Yeah. What, how to deal with it. How to still find somebody to talk to.
0: Like other resources that you would recommend?
2: Outside of paying for therapy. Because,
0: yeah. you know, like it's... A lot of guys already have the hesitancy to go to therapy. And then you tack on the fact that they have to pay for it. And they're like, "Ah, eh, you know what? I'm just not going to do it. But they still... You know, if there wasn't that barrier, they might consider it.
1: I want to say there are... I'm not super familiar with the adult resources that are 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 free that are out okay. there, but they do exist. I, I just can't give you off the top of my head what they are. I know for kids there's kids helpful phone that's like an example, right. but I know yeah. there's an adult
0: version of that what uh, What age does the kids want end at?
1: I want to say it ends at 18.
0: Okay which is good for young men mm-hmm. in the prime years mm-hmm. or their impressionable years what uh What sort of motivated you to do the the panel? like to, to build out this panel and get these speakers, like you're, you're really focusing on championing this cause and what sort of gets you to, to put something like this together and like what are you hoping to, to achieve from something like that?
1: Well, I want to continue to advance the conversation, but I, I think what made me really want to put a panel together was, yes, I do Mental Health Mondays every week, but there's something about that being a creator You don't feel like you're actually in the room with people, touching them, interacting with them, being face to face with them. And there's so much power when you're in a room with someone versus, you know, just being online, having a voice. So I wanted to, you know, have a message that was in person and that people could attend and feel and touch and and be a part of physically. Hmm. That's really where the idea came from. And further to that, I do a lot of motivational speaking. So I go into schools and I see the impact of these in-person conversations, so I want to bring that to people, and I want to do it in a way where it's not. Yeah, it is a panel, but it's it's supposed to be fun. There's supposed to be games, supposed to be audience interaction. It's supposed to be mm-hmm. let's remove the heaviness around all the conversations around mental health. Let's make it fun, because because when we can laugh about something, it means we've advanced the conversation. If we're being real, so it's it's really about getting to getting it to a place where. We can have authentic, real, vulnerable conversations, but they still are not heavy and dark. It's to make everybody feel included. And I think that was the goal.
0: How do you get to that heavy and dark phase though? Like to, to really pull that layer back and peel that onion and, and really dig into those. And maybe just from your own experiences and relationships and friendships and with family, like how do you go about doing that? About, sorry, repeat. what? Sorry, like, so like, how do you get into those dark places and what I mean by that is how do you dive into the really hard conversations with your people? So whether it's someone you're seeing or a family member or a friend, how do you sort of get yourself ready to to have those really tough conversations? The ones that a lot of people tend to avoid because they don't want the possibility of conflict.
1: I think for me, I have to visualize myself having the conversation. Okay, I have to think about what I'm going to say or what I want to achieve to get me in the mind state of having that conversation. To be honest with you, actually tonight I'm meeting with somebody who's really close to me in my life, who I have to have a very difficult conversation with. And for me, I've just sat there and visualized what I want to say, what do I want to achieve and where it's coming from, right? What's my intent? And I believe that when your intention, when you when you root when you root what you want to achieve in your intention, so my intention is to love this person, to care for this person, and want the best for this person, then your intentions are coming from a good place and the conversation will be coming from a good place. Hmm. So now because I'm visualizing it and I have a good intention behind it, that is my way of diving deep into it. It's not, I don't want to go into it trying to attack somebody. I don't want to go into it Trying to start a fight. I want to go into it really talking about how I care about someone and the love I have for them and where I want to see it go and what I think is best for the relationship or for them as a whole in total.
0: Hmm.
1: It's very, because I'm speaking like in general terms, cause <laughs> yeah. I don't want to really expose the whole uh, yeah, situation. I'm trying yeah, to yeah, like yeah, stay yeah, on yeah, the yeah, edge yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like that that's kind of how I go into it. I, I visualize myself having the conversation and really think about my intention behind it
0: so like you really plot out the, the whole convo like I mean to a degree but you plot it out so that you can I guess choose your words a little more carefully because people become sensitive to, to words when it comes from somebody they know they care about
1: 100% and, and that's kind of why I plot it up so I am using the right words and that I'm not offending them or having them feel attacked right but it's it, I think it's the visual part that's really helpful in having those deep and dark conversations because if you don't have them you carry them you hang on to them and they build up and things bottle up and then end up having that conversation out of turn or at a time where you don't really want to have it Mm -hmm. and that's what causes conflict
0: Mm. so you'd say that there's a time and place for conversations like you shouldn't just have them because you're feeling them you should actually try to pick the right time to have it
1: i think depending on the context but yes i think time and place is ideal when when dealing with any situation right it's not Because when you do it just in the moment that you're feeling it, you might be reactive and not really thinking things through.
2: Mm.
0: Okay.
2: Yeah, like both people have to be on, like, the same page too, like, as much as you want to, like, talk about it. The person's got to be okay, like. But I feel also too that you should, depending on what the emotion is, bring it up early, right? Because, like, the earlier you bring it up, when it's fresh on your mind, even if you get that raw emotion, whatever that raw emotion is, you, you, you say it because sometimes you reserve it, it's like, and you double back on what you're saying. It's like, well, now, I don't know, but if you felt it at the moment, say how you feel at the moment, then work through that after. And I feel like the, the one thing about when people have a lot of with anger, at least they're saying what's on their mind, I find, which is still good, but it's, it's harder. Sometimes we, it comes out harsh. Yes, and it's just like, but then it's sometimes they come back and it's, oh, I didn't mean that. It's like, that's what I don't understand. For me, it's like okay. How do you get so mad and you say something that you just don't even mean? It's 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 odd. Do you ever had that? I don't. I personally haven't had that, but I've oh, had wow. it happen to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah I'm yeah. not the one
1: usually saying the mean no, stuff. No, no, no. No, I, no I'm
2: not, I'm not <laughs> the one that's just like extreme. Like, but like, yeah, like in an argument, with somebody and they just say some stuff and then they back up to like yeah. It's, but to me, because because I don't act that way, it's. That that's what you mean. Like, there's, how do you not mean that? But like, no, I don't mean that. That was just me. I was mad, trying to say something. I don't understand how that works. So what I think happens first yeah. is that there are people. They may not mean it,
1: mm-hmm. but they thought about it before. Mm. And I think that's what happens. Like people, there's some people who get into conflict, and they just want to say anything to either feel like they're winning the conflict, or sure. to or to hurt you. Yeah. So they say something hurtful. Even though they actually may not mean it, so in the in those situations, I think they don't mean it. They're just trying to advance the conflict.
2: Exactly. It's reactive. Yeah, it's its own little defense mechanism, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, sometimes when people feel attacked, they just—it's like, how can I jab at you the hardest, right? Like you made me feel this way, how do I make you feel that way now? So, where does you—you've talked, you've mentioned toxic masculinity a few times now firstly let's sort of hear what you define that to mean because everyone has a very different variation on that term but what does toxic masculinity mean to you
1: great question uh i think i define toxic masculinity as you know not feeling your emotions to the point where it becomes detrimental to you and your surroundings okay that's how i would define it and what I mean by that is bottling things up, and then losing your mind at some point, or you know not taking care of your health because you know you always feel like you're supposed to be good. Like a lot of men, you know, don't go to do they don't go to the doctor regularly.
2: Why? Because we're supposed to be good. I told my buddy today and I saw me go get a physical, man. I saw I saw his kids. I'm mean, like, yo, go get a physical. I got mine
0: booked for next week.
2: I just went. Yeah. I'm going. We were talking good, yeah. man. You gotta like that's something too that's so simple because it's it's free. Here, right? And it's it's just get a physical just check it out, man, and why it's why wait until you're be, sick. Yeah. And then it's especially I don't know I don't know why it's so hard to get a physical from it. Like why is I like, I don't I don't understand. We're supposed to be good. We're supposed to go
1: through pain. You ever play sports? You play through that yeah. pain. You're not supposed to be hurt.
2: And, and it's like Maybe that. I like, get injured too much. I mean, that's, like, <laughs> like, like I don't, I'm, I'm injury prone, man. I don't like it, but I am I tore my Achilles. Like, I so I feel like I'm always I have to go to the doctor for something anyway. So like now it's it's, but it's it's scary though, man. It's scary knowing that like you're not like you're not gonna go and then because it's a fear of something that you might get and then look like, what if it is something?
0: Why don't you want to know?
2: Don't you want to know?
0: Yeah.
2: Like I just went there's a cyst on my testicle. And it's just like, it might not be nothing, but at least now I know. Yeah. You know, and it's 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 from years before too, and there's been nothing, so now it's at least now I know to check on it again,
1: yeah.
2: right? If I never checked on it before, and you go through this time, then it's, something happens, Like oh, it came out of nowhere. It's like, ah, man, like there's certain steps you gotta take. And it's hard, man, like, I, like it's, and I try to, I always try to tell, just get a physical, man. Like it's.
1: You wanna know something crazy? Yeah. If something was wrong with their car, you know, they're going straight to the mechanic though. Isn't that insane that we treat our cars better than we treat ourselves?
0: So how do we change that? Like, how do we actually change that narrative, that conversation? How do we get more men to stop treating their cars better than themselves?
1: We keep having conversations like this.
0: So it's repetition. It has
1: to be. Because like, think about it. Even something as simple as, you know, I was talking, I had a, I've been having stomach problems for years. Mm -hmm. My belly just hurts. But it was just like, my belly just hurts. Like, I don't know. Whatever. And then I finally decided, you know, I'm going to go to the doctor and see what's going on. And last week I had a colonoscopy. And I shared the fact that I went and got a colonoscopy. Do you know how many people reached out to say to me, you know, my belly's been hurting me for all this time, but I I never want to do anything about it. And like the thought of having a camera go up inside of them was just like they weren't, no one was interested in that this is your health.
2: Save your life, man. It could
1: save your life, but me sharing that opened the door for others to see. Okay, wait a second. I'm I'm having
2: stomach problems too. It's not that bad. It's not that difficult. It's not
1: that mm-hmm. it's not that hard to go get checked. But it's like we have to keep having the conversations because without it, people will think that they're just alone. And I thought I was alone. I thought I was alone with my stomach. I thought it was normal.
0: Hopefully, it's nothing serious.
1: No, it ended up being well. They didn't find anything, but I, I honestly think it could be stress.
2: But At least now you know there's something to check on. Now at least, you, and it's also too now at least you know it's nothing. Yes. Right. Instead of now, because your mind, if you if something's hurting, you don't go. You are still, oh, I don't know it's going. You start googling, go on the web MD, and now you're thinking you're dying, and, I, <laughs> and it's like you know you think you're dying, <laughs> and it's like at least now you know, good or bad, you know. That's yeah. the thing. That's and that's what I feel like is the main thing. Good or bad, you know, and then at least you know is different because when you don't know, your mind's gonna go up. It's gonna go down, but like, it's gonna go everywhere. Mm -hmm. And at least, so now at least you could stress on what you know about, opposed to stress on what you don't fucking know about, and it's totally different.
0: (laughs) Well, on on the topic of stress, I'm I'm very curious because as a content creator, as a motivational speaker, as a program director, as you know, a person putting together a panel and this and that and this (laughs) and that, and the list just continues, and it never seems to get smaller; it only seems to get bigger as more and more people demand more and more of your time how do you balance your mental health with your ambitions and your career and your passions because there's a lot of yeses involved and not enough no's
1: you know that's something that if i'm honest with you on an ongoing journey on it to tell you that i had all the answers and that i figured it out today would be be me lying to you it's constantly the balancing is an act like it's not a exact thing where it's like okay this is the formula this is what, this is what works and what i noticed that started happening with me is i was i started you know this mindfulness routine so i'd wake up i would write in my gratitude journal i would read i would journal i would meditate i would work out and what i noticed started happening in that routine is i started doing it as a checklist rather than having a period of mindfulness so it started becoming, okay, did I meditate? Sick, okay, did I do a job? And it was like I was doing this in this allotted rigid time slot so that I could just get done, so I could mm. say I did it. And it started taking the the joy yeah. and the actual purpose out of the whole thing of why I was actually doing it. I was doing it to give my mind a break, but I started re- I started timing it.
2: Mm.
1: And in doing that, I think I was defeating the purpose of it. So in, in, in dealing with stress and dealing with having all these things on my plate, I'm still figuring that out and mindfulness is a part of that but I also have to realize I need to say no there's a power in saying no which we were talking about I have to learn what I can say no to and what I can say yes to Mm -hmm. and start having more free time for myself and not scheduling things back to back to back counseling or therapy I started doing that again recently because I stopped for a bit thinking well I'm good now. <laughs> I'm good now, I don't need yeah. it. I'm good. I've been talking about mental health. I'm always talking about it. I'm good, but I do need that moment to have that vulnerable conversation with, yeah. you know, a professional to give yes. you just a different, a different perspective, a different, perspective, yeah. a different outlook on things.
0: So oftentimes, you're you're generally around people who are going to acknowledge the things you're putting out, but sometimes you need that one person who can just be like, no, no. Well, let me let me show you exactly what reality it's is super, right
2: now. Ne- super neutral yeah exactly
0: 100%, yeah.
1: so like for me it's not i don't have the full answer it's an ongoing journey but i think for everyone it is a journey right it's like having a fitness journey right there's going to be a time where you know maybe you're doing a lot of cardio to lose weight but then you lose the weight and maybe you're not doing as much cardio you want to build muscle you know what i mean like there's there's stages to your To your mental health journey, just as there's stages to your physical health journey. And for me, I think I've entered a different stage now where I'm trying to find a new balance because the old methods are not exactly working for me the best anymore.
0: And on the days where you don't feel motivated, you don't feel like getting up out of bed, you don't feel like taking the call or doing this or that. What what do you do to help get yourself out of that funk?
1: It depends on the day. So when,
0: when was the last day? Hmm.
1: When was the last day I was
0: feeling demotivated?
2: It been Monday. The fuck, I was gonna say <laughs> mine was Monday
0: too. I swear, I'm like mine was Monday. Mine are Fridays. Mine is Monday. I struggle on Fridays. I look at a Friday and I go like a lot of people are like, oh yes, it's Friday. I get to go out. I get to relax. For me, I'm just like I'm so tired by Friday because I put so much into the week that I'm just like I'm demotivated from doing very much. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I can just pick it back up on Saturday, and then Saturday, I'm like, oh, I I get upset because I didn't do enough work on Friday. The guilt. Yes, the guilt oh, is real. Oh, that,
1: that one's I hate the I oh. Mine is
2: mine is Monday because like Tuesday is my best day of the week. So I think it's like, I can really sit in some stuff knowing that no matter what, Tuesday is gonna be a good day, man. Tuesdays we film on Tuesday. Tuesday is good day. So it's like, let me just really sit in this shit on Monday. Because no matter how I'm feeling, waking up, waking up on Tuesday, I'm like, "Filming day, it's good day." Like you know, so like I know I can. It's like knowing that this day is here allows Mm -hmm. knowing that it's gonna be a good day. Like there's nothing that's ruining my Tuesday, Mm -hmm. right? So like if I'm no matter how bad I'm feeling on a Monday, it's like okay, I can go like really sit in this stuff because I know I'm gonna get up. But no Tuesday's gonna be nice man <laughs> you know yeah so knowing like, that yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like that consistency with that Tuesday being that day that's why like I really like to sit in that shit on Mondays man sometimes not all but like you know it's just like and I that's why I was like I think Monday was like the last day too man but
1: that's a great technique that you're talking about though yeah I've never thought about it that way. the yeah. highlighting something that's coming up yeah. and sitting in what you're feeling knowing that I'm going to be good because this is, you're looking forward yeah, to this something. Is, it's a good day. Yeah. So it's a sense of gratitude in a weird way where it's like, I'm grateful that Tuesdays are great, but I'm going to sit in what I'm feeling on Monday. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause, I know, cause you're
2: dealing with it. You're dealing, dealing with, with, your with it. Monday. Cause I, like, cause I know Tuesday is going to be good. Yeah. Right. And it's just like, so I'm like, yeah, let me, because I know I'm gonna, like, I know when I wake up, it's like going to say, okay, no, I know it's going to be a bad dream tonight. Cause I know, it's, I, but I know it's a dream. Right, so like I know because I know when I wake up Monday morning. I mean Tuesday morning, like, oh, okay, you're gonna get ready, you're gonna go to the gym, start filming. Mm-hmm. That that's that's Tuesday, right? At least that's what Tuesday's supposed to be. Regardless of how Tuesday goes, so I know waking up. That's that's how it is. So, so yeah. what
0: happens on the days? What happens when we don't film on Tuesdays?
2: <sighs> I don't. I don't like. I don't. But I don't. I don't sit in it every Monday. It's not like I plan to sit in Monday. But like I know if I, if like some days you you really want to sit in your stuff, and if, so if it comes up on Monday, I will like doing if it's Tuesday, I'll still trust it in it because it's still, it's still a day off. Like it's still, it's not even just the filming So Tuesday's always been my day off for I guess so long, even I work in the restaurant because um, you can't take Friday off, can't take Saturday off, can't take Sunday off. I'm like, no one ever is going to a problem with Tuesdays. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like even like I took um, like a salsa dancing class that was Tuesday nights. I was playing football. It was Tuesday. It like seems just Tuesday night seems the night if I take out the restaurant, nobody cares. All right, so even then, it's still my day off. It's still my me day. It's like, you know, it's still my, my I guess, my day. Hmm. All right, so, yeah, for
0: so long, I guess, yeah. How do you deal with the guilt?
1: The guilt, how do I deal with that? That's that. a wrestling match.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I lose that match so many times. I lost that match yesterday. I've lost that match, I think, already today. Like, and I fully admit it because I always, like, we were talking about how, You know, you do work and then you'll go and you'll stop and you're like, man, I could be doing something else right now. Mm -hmm. Like I just wasted an hour watching a show on Netflix or whatnot. And it's so hard. And I know this, but it's so hard to understand that sometimes doing nothing is doing something. It is. But I still feel the guilt and I feel like I'm not working hard enough and that there's someone out there working harder than me. And if (laughs) that's the case and I'm not working hard enough, how do you deal with that? Because I suck at that. (laughs) There's
1: there's a couple of things. Um. The first one I would say is trusting your body. Mm. If you feel, if you really don't feel like doing something right now, it could be your body's telling you you shouldn't be doing something right now. Take some time to rest, trust your body. And then secondly, I, I look at what I've already accomplished, right? A lot of times, like we've done so much this thus far, we, we deserve a break. We're allowed to have one. And if I remind myself of my past accomplishments and I just trust my body, that's my way of wrestling the guilt. It's like, look, well, tell the guilt, look what I've done. Mm. And also tell the guilt, my body's feeling tired. It's okay. But I don't always win that battle. But those are the two things I lean on yeah. to help fight it.
0: Yeah. It, it. It's a it's a struggle, especially when you're trying to, when you've got a passion for something that you're doing too, Right. Because then you're just thinking to yourself, oh, you know what? I really could. It's not just work. It's a passion. And you don't really have a time. It's not a nine to five. Your passion is 24-7, something, mm-hmm. right? And so you, you're, trying, you're constantly wrestling with that guilt, trying to get to that point. Um, when you do wrestle with it and you don't succeed, I'm always curious about what happens when something doesn't work, what people do. Specifically on this guilt piece, what do you do then? I will just sit in my feelings. Okay.
1: When the guilt wins, I'll sit in my feelings. And I think as we get stronger in, in, in finding coping techniques to better our mental health, that'll depend on the duration in which we sit in that those feelings. Yeah. Because there, there was a time where I could sit in those feelings for a, a few days. Weeks. Some people weeks, (laughs) weeks. right? Because, you know, we're not doing the things that we need to do in which to come out of those feelings. Yeah. And that's the thing too. When you're sitting in that dark place, you sometimes have to ask myself, am I doing the things in order to feel better? Am I doing the things I need to do in order to feel better? And you got to figure out what those things are for you. Like, what are those things that make you feel good? Have you tried doing them? Hmm. Like for me... It could be playing ball, talking to my friends, listening to a motivating podcast, maybe watching even a funny episode of Fresh Prince. Yeah.
0: Something. (laughs) Something something. to just change the the mood. To change the mood, change the
1: flow, change the energy because sitting there feeling bad for yourself isn't going to just change because you're just sitting there feeling bad for yourself. Something has to spark that change. And you got to try things sometimes.
0: Yeah. And... Now I want to sort of ask you about a, a conversation piece. Um, obviously, recently, with the news around Twitch's passing, it's something that I think really emphasizes and highlights how much more work is required. Because not all that long ago, there, you know, he had posted a video of him seemingly happy and dancing. And to the outside world, life is fantastic. Very similar to what you said, where, you know, to the outside world, everything was fantastic, but you didn't feel there. And it seems as though, and I don't want to speak for him, obviously, but it seems as though there was there were dark demons there. What work or what more do we need to do to stop men from doing this to themselves? Because we're losing too many of them and we're losing them for reasons that I feel personally could have been stopped a long time ago?
1: That's a great question. And I'm not sure that I would have the full answer to it, but I'll tell you my thoughts. It I don't know what Twitch was going through. And I'd be lying to you if I could tell you what. I don't even know. I have no idea. But what I will say is that it was clear that he was holding something in. And he didn't have the space to let that something out. And that tells me a few things. He didn't feel comfortable to share that he was in that dark place with whoever was around him. Because that hadn't become normalized maybe in his life. So I I think, for me, what do we do? We have to open up spaces for us to be able to be vulnerable and have conversations mm-hmm. right so having a conversation like this today about things that we deal with is is one thing but then also having communities in which we're, we're men intentionally talk and have conversations that are vulnerable is another thing we can do men's groups in sports we t- let's talk about it more let's talk let's have more men's commodity it's like, hard in sports it's, it can be difficult in sports, but sports is a lot about... Me- they talk about mental health, just not in the ways in which we always see it. We talk about believing. We talk about dealing with wins and losses. We speak about it, just we don't look at it always through a mental health lens necessarily. Okay. But it's, it's, it's there, right? I just think we need to shift our perspective a little bit in how we speak about vulnerability. But it's not... I'm giving kind of abstract kind of solutions, but I really believe we keep having to have the conversation and have more spaces where men can have that conversation. And I think that can look a lot of different ways.
0: Hmm. The, what can partners do in a relationship? Because, uh, you know, I, I, I think about his story and obviously he was married, I believe married. Yes. With kids you would assume and again this is purely an assumption here that somewhere in there a, the partner could notice something whether she did didn't is besides the point now in in your own relationships what can a person do to support their partner to encourage them even when they seem when everything is seemingly okay because we it's almost like we deal with a problem when the problem arises instead of stunting it before it becomes a problem. So what do you have? Like, do you have thoughts or suggestions on what we can do in that scenario?
1: When you seemingly don't know what your partner may be going through. Like
0: to, to maybe continue to encourage that conversation. So my girlfriend and I, for example, obviously whenever there's a situation, you know, we open up a free space to, to talk about something, right? There's a problem. Someone's unhappy about something. Life is just throwing you a curveball. And then, even when everything seems okay, there's still the occasional I know where everything is good, but I just want to check in. How are you feeling? What's going on upstairs? What are you thinking? Right? Because sometimes you're processing things and it doesn't necessarily come out visually speaking in the form of stress or frustration or anything. Is there anything like that that you've come across that's worked for you, or that you can recommend to others?
1: I I think, to be honest,ly what's always worked for me is the fact that i read on toxic masculinity. I think that was a big part. Like I, I educated myself on it a little bit, which made me feel more comfortable opening up on it.
0: Where do you go to to learn about toxic masculinity? I me,
1: mean, I just I picked up a book and read it. Okay. Right.
0: Um, what was the name of the book?
1: It was called "For the Love of Men," okay. and it was by a, a lady named Liz Plank. Okay. And, and and in reading that, I I saw the importance of opening up. So when I speak to when you when you speak to a partner and what a partner could do to better support someone in this, I think is firstly giving them the space to open up, you know, and understanding that they may not be ready when you're ready, but giving them the space. That's one. Two maybe being vulnerable and opening up to them as well.
0: Like the technique of starting Starting with vulnerability. Starting
1: with vulnerability. I always find vulnerability breeds more vulnerability. So if you're able to be vulnerable, then that person will likely reciprocate that. But I think those are two things, even just to start. And then three, I always recommend people go to therapy. Like I think, you know... In your life it's it's important going to to a doctor regularly it's important seeing a financial advisor regularly it's also important to go to therapy and have those conversations whether it's group or whether it's alone but there's power in that right but i i think as a partner those are the things i would i would likely recommend i'm not an expert or anything but just you're going
0: through that journey right and I don't know if anybody can really be labeled an expert, but more so just someone who's experienced something and is sharing that journey and sharing that perspective on things, right? Because yeah. we've all been through that in some way.
2: Yeah, I don't even really think it's about being an expert too. It's just showing. I think not being an expert helps too, because like we're all real people. That's a good point. It's like when you're experts, okay, well that person's professional. It's like, well, we're real people because we're, we're like we're all shows. Because everybody's going through some shit. Like, no matter what, at all times, it's just like, but we're all, like, we're all still, like, you're not the only person fighting. I think that's the hardest part is you think that you're the only person out there fighting. And it's just like, no. Like, and it might be a different fight, obviously, but, and however deep your fight is, is only, only you can determine how deep that is. Like, my rock bottom could be, I lost, whatever it is, right? Just because you might not think that's rock bottom because your rock bottom isn't that doesn't make, doesn't make that not my rock bottom. Doesn't diminish it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And it's just like, so people's like, I feel like at least when I was like really like at my lowest and it's like, I don't want to tell somebody that this and it's like, well, you're not even, that can't be that bad. Or, or you need fear of like, it's that, it's that judgment too. You feel like, Oh, like I don't want to speak on it. What was your lowest? 2018. That year. Yeah. I was 2018 or 2019. And yeah, the whole the whole year was just like was just like a, you look back and it's just like it's just a fucking going down, man, and then it was like ended I remember it was near the end of the year too and I was just sitting there standing, like over like uh water, like like a bridge, like like the curb, the curb. And I'm just sitting there telling myself I'm like fuck this man. Fuck this, fuck this man. Fuck all this bullshit. I'm done. Like and like was standing, and it was cold, and I was just like, "Fucking, we figure it out, man!" Like, but like, and it's it's. I guess maybe at that point, like, it was just, I, I was just that second is just. I didn't, I didn't want to like, cause I don't swim. My hand was like, let me just fucking like, I'm done. Like, if I, if I, if I, if I walk off this cliff right now, I'm done, man. Like, it's nighttime. Ain't nobody saving me. Like you know, and it's, it is what it is.
1: So you felt as if would that be easier interface to face what you were facing, yeah, and you like, won't well, yeah. do that,
2: and then it's just like sitting. There, I'm just like, I'll <sighs> give this motherfucker one more shot, man. But like, I got to give my all in it. Yeah. Like, I like, I got, I got to give my fucking all into it, right? Let me do all these things that I keep fucking hearing these people talk about. Let me try this shit out and see if it fucking makes me feel better. Then, if not, I'll come back here and told you motherfuckers, and I'll do it. Like you know when mm-hmm. it's, I haven't felt that way ever since, right? And it's it's, and it's just so hard to see people and I think that's when you when you really care about people cause you've been to a, such a bad place, you just don't want anybody to be there. And it sucks because no matter how no matter what you do, people are still gonna be there. People are still going to do, but like I guess that's why we're like doing this shit. Cause like the more you talk about it, there's don't people you could like as long as it's like one person, two people. Like, and that person can tell somebody and then like just just not, not trying to fucking save the world, but like just save some people. Right? And if this can you know how many times we like we we get people reaching out, you talk about getting people reach out and it's just like get the word out there because why not?
1: Yeah.
2: Why not? Like it's it's so this nothing else matters, man. But but your mental health. Like nothing else but what you're going through really fucking matters. And it's it's we try to put bells and whistles on other shit that like it doesn't matter. Like you know, your health, your mental health, physical health, spiritual health, whatever, whatever spiritual realm you're in. Like why not just work on that shit first? When you start feeling good, then start working on some other things, and because everything else, everything else start falling through, mm-hmm. right? I I felt that, right? Because,
1: wow, thank you for sharing that. Like, <laughs> yeah, honestly, mm. um, I I felt that resonate with me just because, you know, I've I've known to have, I know what it's like to be in those moments where you you think would it be easier just to not be here, and be fighting. Mm because it feels like you know every day you're just fighting like there's days I wake up I'm just not happy and I'm just like I feel like I'm like it's just so hard to exist
2: so when you share that it's like that's I know that feeling that everybody feeling. everybody knows that fucking feeling and that's the thing too when we realize that everybody knows that feeling to me at least it lightens it it's like okay cool man like I'm going through this shit so you start talking to somebody like yeah fuck it sucked it up and then, and then like they started going through and she's like oh, I don't want their shit and I don't know if it's I don't know if it's cynical or not but like knowing that like we're all going through some shit and like like it, it, it's rough out here helps me if it feel better okay, like let's you're not alone you're not alone the only way the only way I feel like the only way I'm gonna get out of this fucking shit is if we all get out of this shit man and we all is whoever we all is to whoever whoever is and it's just I don't know man it's like, I don't know.
0: Well, and it's funny you say that. Like you, you feel like you need to be part of a group, if you will, to, to get out of it. I read something today that said the, the anxiety, the anxiousness, all those feelings that you feel inside create this scenario where you overestimate, you overvalue the problem and you underestimate your ability to deal with it and get out of it. And that if you actually took a moment to allow yourself to breathe and to really break down that problem one by one. Cause like you said, you got out of it, right? If you break down those problems one by one and you start to tackle them almost like a checklist, you just mm-hmm. start checking them off and you start to realize that you have the ability, you have the strength to, to overcome these things. I think if we apply stuff like that more, we don't, give in to the fear and the anxiety and the anxiousness and the negativity that comes with that comes as a result of a problem. Right. And, and I think that that was something that resonated with me because I was looking at it. Like there were times where I'm like, man, I don't know how I'm going to overcome a, B and C. Like, it's just, it's insurmountable. There's just too many problems happening all at the same time. I don't know how I'm going to deal with this. I'd rather just literally bury my face in my pillow and not do anything. I'm just going to lay down. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk to anybody. I want to do nothing. Maybe I'll go play video games. But I don't want to do shit. And then you realize that you're just kind of running away from it. Because in reality. Like the one thing I will say is don't sell yourself short. Right. Because you're all powerful enough to actually deal with these things. If you weren't powerful enough to deal with them. Then you wouldn't have these problems in the first place. That's what I believe. And you always come out on top as long as you remind yourself that what you're feeling in that moment if you can just sit with it if you can overcome that initial fear depression anxiety that initial feeling of like pain and then you have a clear mind you can tackle those now it's it's i know how easy that sounds believe me but i think you're proof of that right
2: yeah it's always it's so it's it, like it's i don't know it's always
0: easier to like
2: imagine that because i always just live in the world like it's not me like not gonna happen to me not gonna be in that situation it's, it's not me and it's hard and it's then that it happens to you it's weird because like then happening you think it's you're the only person that's going through that shit and that's why, like, when we do this, and it's like, just I think just talking when I hear people talk, talking about stuff that they're just going through and really, really talking about it and seeing, like, okay, well, fuck, if that person can talk about that shit, I, you know, maybe I'm like, maybe gonna talk about my shit a little bit. Like, you know, my shit ain't that bad, <laughs> like, you know? But, like, whenever you hear somebody else's problem, you always think, fuck, I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. I don't want that, man. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. As as bad as my shit, I don't I don't want I want nothing to do. Let me let me keep my shit. Like, you know, but that's also why like you, you talk about these things. Then you same thing, like you start to value your own shit. Like, you know, and, and knowing that okay, they're going through something, I know somebody else is going through this and we can go through this. You I not be going through that, but maybe I've been through that. Or I know somebody who has been that. Maybe you guys connect, or maybe maybe, you know, and just opening up because it's such a small world just use it for good. Like, you know, like, like connect people on that realm. Right. You just this business, you know, friendships. was like, Hey man, like I know somebody that, that has been through some shit like that. You want to talk to them. And usually when you go through shit, you always want like you, people, like as we're all open, like, we're all open to talk about stuff. Just talk about it.
0: So having, having the right group of men around you, I think is super important. Mm-hmm. Do you have, a a solid group of men that you can turn to in different moments like sometimes you need you know you need to lean on the guy who can give you really good advice Then you need to lean on the guy who can be equally vulnerable with you then you can need to lean on the guy who's really good at you know offering differing perspectives on things do you have sort of that kind of relationship going for you
1: yeah and i've started to it wasn't it didn't happen overnight i think those once vulnerability became normalized in my group of friends um and like even wider circle like my stepdad i have um i have ex-coaches like i have people outside of just my circle of friends who i talk to it's yeah i do have a supportive group of men but what i was going to say is I, I think it almost even goes beyond that it, it even goes to what the elephant in the room i think is social media the things we consume sure. Yeah, You know what I mean? Let's, yeah, let's go there. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a Pandora's box of, yeah.
1: Like if we're being real, it's the media we consume yeah. has a huge effect on our mental health. Because we're seeing, you know, everybody's highlight reel thinking, why am I not there? Why am I not there yet? I'm not good enough. Why did my video get as many views? Why am I not this? Why am I not that? That has a detrimental effect on our mental health. And to be real, it's like social media is a tool. And it's not responsible for us feeling this way. But it's the way in which we use that tool exactly. that can contribute to us feeling the way we feel. And we weren't trained how to use... It's not like when social media came out, we were like, okay, here's a course here's on, a how,
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> on how to use social media. It just kind of happened. And yeah. then we just started consuming it. Yeah. And it really, it spits out what you give it, right? Like, and it's... It's the
0: algorithms, man. And it's great. So, yeah, sometimes
2: like, you got to go, like, go in... Every once in a while, I go in and I just, I'm like, let me just certain, let me cut off some of these meme groups, man. I just meme pages, just because I'm watching too many memes at that point in time, where it's like, there's too many, like, accounts. Maybe I shouldn't be following this account. I don't I don't need to follow this account right now. Let me just not follow it. If I can go back to it, but, like, every once in a while, I just got to just check what's on your main feed, because it's...
0: I try to fill mine with more positive mm-hmm.
2: stuff. I try to. I try to.
0: Like motivational quotes, yeah. motivational videos, so that even if I'm not looking for them, it's still, if I just still stumble pops. upon yes. it, it's yeah. just that extra little infusion of motivation or a thought to, to remember that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, like I like every time I see something, even if I don't like, it, I'll make sure like, I like it because obviously, the more do you like, more it comes up. So now, like I'll li- I'm always at a quote. I'm like, oh, if I ever pause for a quote, like it, like you know, because then more quotes will come. Not like, oh, like no I get quotes on my shirt all the time, all the time. Like I'm like, oh, that's nice. I'm like, you know, I like it, like it shirt, and it's. It helps, cause it helps, cause now you start seeing more positive stuff, hmm. right? The more, the more, the more stuff you like. So it's like if your if your feed is feeding you shit, it's because you're giving it the shit to feed you.
1: And that's and that's a choice, right? Like we have, we can make a choice about what we follow and what we like. And if we choose to like videos of people fighting and screaming and toxic stuff, what's gonna be in our brains? Yeah. Whereas if we're talking about goal setting, positivity, financial goal, if we talk, if we if we follow accounts that talk about all those positive
2: things, what's going to be in our mind? Yeah, there's going to be balance all the time, but you got to make sure you got to hit every aspect of it. Like you know, it's got to got to have the balance.
0: How do you balance that though, as a content creator yourself? Because that means you're spending a lot more time than the average person. You're spending your own, like you're spending your regular time, like a normal person, on social media, just scrolling for whatever reasons. But then you're also on there because you're engaging with people, you're creating content, you're putting out content. How are you balancing social media in your life with everything you're doing?
1: Uh, that's a really tough one because sometimes you're scrolling aimlessly. And it's mm-hmm, so,
2: it's too you, get stu- you get stuck in that TikTok. <laughs> always. Every, always, always. Just looking Kinda, at can't, trends, can't help it. Like, <laughs> like, you can't help it. You can't, right? And
1: I think one way for me is you know, following people who are in a similar space that I am hmm. watching content of others who are in a similar space that I'm in, because it's a lot, a lot of the stuff I do is it's health, growth, um, financial, like things that are actually going to help me either succeed personally or for my brand. That's kind of the way I do it is try to just make sure that's the content that I'm mostly watching. But yeah, I'm on social media more than most and I know I have to take my breaks. I used to take three, before I was a content creator, I used to take three month breaks on social media. You have to, like, I haven't never taken, done that. I've, I've taken, I've,
2: wanted I've taken to. a, I've taken a one month break multiple times. I think the most I've taken maybe two and a half. But
0: yeah. Like, like it, when it, you say break, you're talking no social media no, at all. No. Like accounts nothing. deactivated type yeah. of thing.
2: Or
1: delete the app off my phone. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I can't even go on it. And I've taken a few actually over the last couple of years, but they weren't intentional. Like when I was on the Amazing Race Canada, there were no phones, yeah. so there was no social media. Yeah. When I was on Big Brother, there were no phones, so there was no social media. But I did notice how light I had felt, just okay. not having it.
2: Yeah, right. I took I took, a, I took a week off when I went to to UK. The first week I took okay. off, I was like, god good man!" But like, it's also like because now we're working, it's like it's hard to it's
0: hard to it's hard when social media is part of your yeah. brand.
2: It's tough. So you're saying because now you don't take any breaks off because you obviously have to be on and... Now, I'll t- now I can yeah. still take... Because
1: like, we have scheduling software, scheduling gotcha. apps now. Yeah. So I
2: can schedule stuff and take a couple days off,
1: right? Mm-hmm. But what I what I want to do, what I've been working toward doing is actually doing a... What do you call Like a silent retreat. So, so maybe oh for a couple God, of days, I want it. no phone. I want to do a silent retreat. No speaking, no anything. And just be one with yourself because i noticed after having tried being in silence for a bit i realized how creative i became the things i would reflect on in my life it was it was it was eye-opening what you become when you don't have a song to listen to or Mm. (laughs) something to scroll through or something to watch or something you 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 become so in tune with yourself and your surroundings so that's that's something that I, I want
2: to do now. Just that get rid of all the the,
0: the the external noise. Mm-hmm. If you're gonna do this, let me know. Like
2: I wanna. I I've done, like a, I had like the mindful blindfold, and I was in it for hours.
1: Is it the one where you soak in the t- in the in the tub? Yeah. Oh, the floating. Oh, oh yeah. So floating's nice. Like I've done. Down. Like yeah, yeah.
2: and then, like I was in Costa Rica, and I and I did. Um, like a few exercises. A couple of them were like some silent exercises for an extended period of time too but like a whole like and I when I came back I'm like I want to do like a weekend like it would mm-hmm. be like you come in on the Thursday whatever and you just mm-hmm. there's no like let me know man <laughs> <laughs> like, I might let's, have to schedule let's let's, let's let's figure something out man I'm like I want I want to it is I wouldn't say a bucket because I don't I don't have a bucket but it's 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 a Going to do item, it's on my going to do item that and sky I'm going skydiving next year. <laughs> okay. Going skydiving next year. Um That that is next year, but like I do want to do a silent
0: retreat. Man. You should try to do the silent retreat at the same time you do the skydiving. <laughs> See if you can ho- you can't, hold it you in. Can, yeah. <laughs>
2: Unless I can cry in in <laughs> in in, <laughs> in, uh, in, silence. in silence. I don't know, but yeah, silent retreat, man. I'm, yeah, yeah, that's
0: awesome. So what do you what do you got? What else? Bleh, I can't I'm losing my words here. What else you got going on?
1: Besides all the things of am All the doing. things, yeah.
0: <laughs> what have we not talked about that you got coming up?
1: So there's a couple of things I want to, I'm in the works of developing. I want to develop a wellness program, okay. you know, where, because I, I use a lot of my social media to promote other brands, but I want to start building my own brand and my own business. So I want to build a wellness program where people can join me on my wellness journey and participate in it. Because there's two things i feel like that would do it would help us all do the things we need to do in order to strengthen or become mentally healthier and secondly it's accountability so it's accountability for me and accountability for the group so that's something i'm working on and then i'm working on launching another couple tools like a like a journal i want to launch and i want to launch another card kind of vulnerability thing so we can you know maximize the conversations that we're having mm-hmm. so those are the other things that i'm working on but i'm really trying to hone in on building my brand and building you know a wellness portfolio as to say to help others you know be as healthy as they can be
0: that's awesome man yeah sean thank you brother for coming in
1: oh thank you for having Time me flies, yeah fly. Hour? <laughs> an hour
0: <laughs> right on the dot um the work you do is incredible and it's needed and it's important and i thank you personally for doing it because when i see your content it reminds me of what we're trying to do here. When we get the DMs, it reminds me of what we're trying to do here, which is ultimately just to create a space for, for men to start having these conversations. Because if it results in one man not taking his life and one man seeking help and one man building a better future for himself, I think like that's a success. And so you're inspiring and I'm really excited for this panel. Let me know. I'd love to come, and uh, yeah, best of luck to everything you're doing, man. We're gonna we're gonna keep in touch. We're gonna follow your journey, and then we're definitely gonna have you back in here, you know, after you've rested and you've <laughs> <laughs> said no to some yeah, uh, some other got things. Some you, yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? A, well, a couple of
1: wellness uh, yeah. silent retreats. Exactly. You, you know, know what I mean?
0: But appreciate it, man. Thank you very much. Uh, for coming thank you
1: for you. having me, man. what the work you guys are doing, is amazing. And, thank you. And I think it's so well needed and. As long as we keep having these conversations, that's that's the difference.
0: Yeah, a hundred percent. Couldn't agree with me more. Appreciate it, brother. Of course, Pancho. Thank appreciate you. Poncho. Don't forget to like, like, like comment, comment, subscribe. Man, do the whole, you know, you know the whole social media Canadian, thing. Canadian,
2: Canadian podcast. Right? Yes, So sir. we got to support Canadian podcasts. Hundred percent.
0: Right. Appreciate it, everybody. Thank, you, Thank guys, you, man. Thank you. Appreciate.